0: and welcome to a special episode of Tabletop Bellhop Gaming Podcast, episode 181, our four-year anniversary celebration. I'm Sean S., and here with me, the Tabletop Bellhop himself, Mo T. I am Mo Tuzano, the Tabletop Bellhop, your cardboard concierge,
1: working with you to make your game nights better. Through news, reviews, and answering
0: your game and game night questions. We record live Wednesday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern at twitch.tv slash tabletopbellhop.com. And we'd love it if you joined us. Thank you to everyone already here for our anniversary episode. So as Sean mentioned,
1: this is a special episode and we won't be following our usual format. So if this is your first time, you happen to tune in. I'm sure you'll enjoy the show, but don't expect it to always be like this. For example, we've got no formal review tonight, nor are we going to talk about the games we played this past week. Those are better suited to our usual shows. Instead, tonight, it's going to be all about this past year and looking back. Games we played, new discoveries, favorite moments, etc. Now, I also invite everyone here to stick around after we're done recording for a Zoom party. Once we get to the after show, Sean's going to open up our Zoom room to anyone who wants to join, and we can all hang out and chat in real time. So grab your favorite drink during the coffee break and be ready to celebrate with us.
0: Welcome to the Suggestion Box. This one's going to be a bit longer than usual for our anniversary. So in this segment, we highlight some of
1: our interaction with you fine folk, today mainly highlighting some positive feedback we've received.
0: Like this comment from Glowing Turtle that said, Hi guys, enjoying your videos. And Neil Robinson who says, Congratulations on the anniversary. Sorry I can't be there live, it's a bit late for me.
1: You know, you know, you got old school gamers when they can't make it till 9 p.m. though well, I'm assuming they're probably in another time zone and it's way later. I
0: think Neil might even be in the other side of the pond. So thanks, Glowing Turtle and Neil. Next, some feedback from longtime patron of the show, Math Guy Dave, who has a short list of games we convinced him to buy. You definitely sold me on the one ring, though I haven't pulled the trigger yet because I can't find a group to run it for right now. You sold me on Herb Witches, but my store was sold out. Hmm rumble in the dungeon and so clover ended up being purchased
1: that is a solid list of games there dave um, i can't wait to run the one ring we were hoping to be doing that already it just didn't work out Tori and kat's schedule and our schedule and in fact we're going away uh to, to northern ontario this this weekend and stuff like that like actually the next time we're playing is until like a month from now um as for herb Witches, keep checking uh, I noticed the online stores seem to have new stock. It looks like Classic Quillenberg got a reprint. I think all the expansions got a reprint. So it's worth checking your local game store again. And it is so worth it for that one. And also, Dave, thanks for your constant involvement in the show, feedback and activity on our Get Discord channel.
0: Actually, now is probably a good time to promote our Discord channel.
1: Yeah, it's a good idea. Uh Since its inception a couple years back, our Discord was patron only. It was for only people who backed our Patreon patron. Now, one of the things we changed over this past year was to open it up to the public, but kind of like a soft opening. It was it was pretty subtle. Now, we still have patron exclusive roles and some private channels, for, but the main chats are open and the like, you know, share cool stuff you found type of channels are open to everyone. Now, the thing is, we haven't really advertised it until now, so I guess consider this an
0: official announcement and invitation to join our Discord channel. Now, we've set up a custom URL to get you there, and that's discord.tabletopbellhop.com, but that takes up to 48 hours to go live. So in the meantime, you can use the bit.ly link that we're going to drop into the uh, chat, and it's also bit.ly slash discord. That's capital T, capital T, capital B, capital H, capital D, ISCORD. That shouldn't matter. Caps don't matter for URLs. Uh, For bit.ly, they do. After the slash. Before the slash, no. After the slash. Oh. Yes. For bit.ly,
1: they do. That's annoying. Okay, I would have put it all caps then or something. All right. Sorry. I didn't know that. I I set that one up myself. Yeah. Soon enough, you'll be able to use discord.tabletopbellhop.com. But what I didn't realize when I asked Dana to set that up is that it takes a bit for the web to notice. You've added a new URL. So fair enough. DNS propagation is fun. Yes. So while I would love to see uh, what I would love is to see more activity and people in there interacting with us and each other and just enjoying the hobby. I love our Bellhop community and I want to see it grow. All right, back to the feedback.
0: Next up, we have to thank Dr. Donna, another one of our patrons, for pointing out that this is our four-year anniversary and not our three-year anniversary, like we first thought and almost announced on last week's show. That was a close call. (laughs) Donna also shared her favorite episode. They said, I will be cheeky, but also very sincere and say that the very first show after that inaugural Sean Con is one of my favorites. I really like when both of you get to weigh in on a game, and I really like you both describing your plays. Well, I know Donna hates, uh, or
1: Deanna, sorry. Deanna and Donna, they're both here next to each other. I know Deanna hates the name Sean Conn and also isn't a fan of wrap-up episodes. I'm glad to hear that there are people out there that enjoy them. I have to admit, I love Sean Conn Epps because it means Sean was in town and I got the game with one of my best friends. Getting to talk about it on a podcast after is just icing on the cake. Also, huge thanks to your, for your support, Donna. Uh, you've been one of our
0: biggest advocates in the last year, and I want you to know what's appreciated. Indeed, I love when I do get to play games with my kids, but we're not that much of a gaming family. So to really get games played and get a better experience to talk about, especially for reviews, getting down to Windsor makes a huge difference. Now, Dave also shared a favorite topic. Maybe exploring the multiverse, looking at the new Marvel RPG. I would like to see more content, looking at new systems, etc. But it's not all the time that playtest rules are released like that. Uh, Interesting.
1: Um, I think that one worked out really well because of the format, right? Uh, We didn't do a formal review. Here's chapter one. Here's chapter two. Here's chapter three. It was Sean talking about the game and me asking questions because, well, I hadn't read it. Um, that's a format I think we might want to try out more in the future. Like, I know Sean's got a ton of Supers RPGs been sitting on, and I'm sure he can review at least a couple of them. But we could also do it the other way around, and maybe that's what we'll try when I review the Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay starter set, because it'll be kind of the same situation. Sean had played the original first edition and might be able to interject comments about that while I talk about the fourth edition. So it's definitely something to think about. Um, As usual, if anyone else has an opinion on that particular episode or like that format, let us know.
0: Well, next up, Mark Spector from Grand Gamers Guild reached out to us earlier this week to say happy anniversary. I'd be happy to support your four year anniversary with a copy of my upcoming game, Birthday Burglary.
1: Well, that's awesome, Mark. Thank you so much. Uh, Fans of the show should recognize Mark and his company as the publishers of one of our all time favorite games, Gorinto. And as a longtime fan and supporter of the show, Mark has done a lot on Twitter to bring people our way. Now I'm actually checking out something hush-hush for Grinto for him right now. And I think it's awesome he stepped in with this prize for everyone.
0: So there you have our first giveaway of the show. Don't worry, there will be more. This one is for one copy of Birthday Burglary, the latest holiday hijinks escape room game. Now we're going to run this one for one week only
1: with us announcing the winner next Wednesday in the live show. And the reason for this one, that is because right now, this is going to be open to the continental U.S. only. I apologize, fellow Canadians or anyone anywhere else in the world, but I made a deal with Mark. U.S. only, unless you're going to be at Gen Con. No matter where you are in the world, if you're going to be at Gen Con next weekend, you can pick up your prize from Mark in person at the Grand Gamers Guild booth at Gen Con. So feel free to enter if you can do a local pickup. Otherwise, we'll sh-
0: while well, Mark will ship out a copy to someone in the US. To enter, head over to tabletopbellhop.com or follow the link in the show notes. Now, as
1: a thank you for being here live for our anniversary tonight, we're going to drop a code for five bonus entries into this contest in the chat room right now.
0: Now, also remember that our hotel guest level patrons also get another five bonus entries into all
1: of our giveaways. And if you check your emails, I've already sent that code out. And that's not all we'll be giving away tonight.
0: Next up, this past week, we asked people to tell us about any games we convinced them to pick up. And since we're talking Grand Gamers Guild, this one from Mr. Rao Gaming fits well. They said, Garinto from At Grand Gamers Guild. It's so good and would not have heard of it without your pictures and review.
1: That's awesome, Mr. Rao. Uh, honestly, Garinto is such a great game. And I admit, I know a growing list of people who have picked this one up because of this, and I feel absolutely no shame
0: in that. Next, we have Jarl Marksley, who says, enough times that I can't remember specifics. I especially love the non-Amazon deals you are able to post.
1: That's awesome. Though, I would have liked to have heard about specific games. I want to know what specific, like, reviews we put out there that people are like, oh, that's awesome. But I'll take it.
0: Next, we have longtime fan of the show and Patreon patron Brian Kurtz, who says, a ton. Most nice. recent that we've enjoyed at the table has been Trap words, but lots of others.
1: Now, one of the things I love about Brian is that what he'll do is he'll stop in on our Discord or tag us on Twitter showing pictures of his family actually playing the games he's picked up because of us. And that is always awesome to see. Plus, Brian, thanks for mentioning an actual game. Trapwords is solid. That is one I need to get to the table again.
0: Now, our Gwet Sisters says, too many games. (laughs) Too many? Can that be a bad thing? I'm not going to feel bad about that one either. And Think12Games writes... Many. I've been following you for quite some time.
1: All right. I've got a couple to add. Actually, Tech in the chat room right now is saying I have to add Quacks to his list. Gorento, Fox in the Forest, and the Duke, and I'm assuming the other Fox in the Forest. Or he bought Fox in the Forest twice, which is possible, which doesn't really work for playing four players. <laughs> Now Again, these are awesome. Uh, text in particular is good, but like I wanted to hear about specific games, but you know what? I give in. I give up. That's fine. If you bought a ton of games because of us, how can I can be complaining, right? If we've convinced so many different people to buy so many games, they can't name just one. I'm I'm pretty happy here. I'm smiling. You can't really see this. Oh, Gizmos. I, you forgot
0: Gizmos. There we go.
1: Sorry, you meant Gizmos is one we convinced. That's a good one. We, we haven't played Gizmos in a long time. That's true. Yeah. That has been a while. No, nah, I'm not going
0: to bring that on our trip. Well, that's it for this week's comments. Send your feedback to mo at TabletopBellhop.com or hit us up on social media. We've got one anniversary announcement and shout out before we get on to the main part of the show. All right. Were you here for the start of the show before we
1: went live? Did you see our awesome new Getting Started screen? Well, this screen comes to us from my awesome daughter, Gwen. Who made that as a gift to celebrate our anniversary tonight. And I think it's fantastic.
0: It feels great to finally have some fresh art on the show. As well, we love the branding that was done for us by Brian Weiss. The rest of our graphics are all kind of whipped up by us, yeah. often quicker or ma- la- more last minute than is ideal.
1: Yeah, she also made for us a new technical
0: difficulty screen
1: that I hope you never have to use. So here's a quick look at it just so you can see it and hopes that you never have to see it again.
0: There we go. That's our that's our technical difficulties that
1: you don't want to have to see. Yes, we never want to use it, but thank you, Gwen,
0: for providing it for us. Well, thankfully, we haven't had to hit that button in a while, but it's good to know that it's going to look great when it is there. There you go. People
1: just stare at it. So thanks so much for that, Gwen. It is fantastic. I doubt she can hear me downstairs, but she knew I was going to thank her for it anyway.
0: All right, now, as a special treat for those of you here live, Gwen also set us a stop-motion animation of her work on these new screens that we want to share. We're going to be doing this during the coffee break later in the show.
1: Yeah, it's just not good for audio, unfortunately.
0: (laughs) Welcome to the lobby. A huge thank you to everyone who has stopped in to join us for our anniversary episode tonight. The entire
1: premise of our show is built around helping you make your game nights better. And we wouldn't be here without your questions, comments and support. It's because of you that this show is still going strong and because of folk like our patrons that help us continually improve the show. Our most recent improvements is a shiny new podcasting mic. Based on how great Sean made me sound last week seems to have made a big difference in our audio quality. A nice step
0: up, which hasn't had one in a little while. So while we're going to be spending the next segment talking all about us, we just want you to know that we wouldn't be here without you. Thank you.
1: And as an extra thank you for those of you here live, here's our first tabletop bellhop trivia question. The first person to answer this question correctly will get the pick from one of the promo items we have up for grabs tonight. And there's going to be
0: plenty of choices, more than 20 things to choose from. And the question is, where am I from? Where is it I travel from when heading down to Windsor to meet up with Mo and the gang?
1: Insert non copyrighted Jeopardy (laughs) style music here. Bam, Tech got it already. Wow, Tech, you are a winner. (laughs) You knew Sean comes from Hamilton, Ontario. Of course, not to be confused with Sean Hamilton, who's here in Windsor, but from Wheatley. (laughs) Tech, look for a direct message from Anshi Games on Twitch to pick out your prize and give over your shipping info, which we won't have to worry about because Tech's local. Thank you for saving us money on, uh, on, on, shipping there, Tech.
0: At Tabletop Bellhop, we're here to answer your game, gaming, or game night questions. We're here to work with you to make your game nights better. On a regular show, this is our main segment where we take one or more of your questions and answer them to the best of our ability.
1: Now, this week, as part of our four year anniversary celebration, we will instead be answering a series of questions that look back on the last year of the show and sometimes a bit beyond.
0: Now, we are recording this live on Twitch, so if any of you fine folk in the lobby, our chat room, have any questions you'd like us to answer or have memories or comments about the last year, we welcome you to ask away and take part.
1: Yeah, sometimes we like kind of shut down the chat while we're recording because we're trying to make everything sound great for the podcast, like in the middle of our reviews. Not so much tonight. This is as much about you as it is us, so feel free to interject whenever you want. All right, we're going to start off by talking about the games we played this past year. Now, this year being July 27th to July 27th, even though technically we launched on July 29th, but we're close enough. Starting with how many games we played. And this shocked me. This was more than I expected. In the time of COVID with everything going on, I, I should have compared to last year's numbers. I and mean, I that's what I didn't do for any of this is bring up last year's numbers, see if we're like up or down. So for me, it's about, and I'm going with about because I'm pretty diligent about logging stuff on board game geek, but I do forget now and then. So I'm gonna say about 410 plays, and I think this one's accurate of a hundred different games. Now, what's sad is I could have sworn sometime in the last 12 months. I played a role-playing game, but I guess when I ran like uh runaway hirelings or any of the other That's stuff, a while I did, ago now. it was a while ago. So not a single role-playing game played in the last year. Now I will admit for the queen might count, but it's listed as a board game on board game geek, not a role-playing game, but we
0: did play that. Well, I don't, uh, I don't record any RPGs, but, uh, I have, and I, and, and thankfully my board game app, my, my stats app has just recently fixed itself and allowed me to import all my board game arena. So this is nice. actually a real total now, not just the physical game total, which would have been a kind of sad number if I hadn't yeah. been able to include board game arena. So I have 296 total game plays from a, for me, quite solid yeah. 61 games. I'm actually surprised that it's not way higher with your board game arena plays. Because you play a lot of games with Eric in the game that we, we don't. We take do part drag in. them out though, like uh, you know, a game of a game of Go Sushi takes a couple of days to play yeah. because we're all on different time zones.
1: I just expect you to be in with like one thousand two hundred and twenty-six total plays. Seven hundred and thirty-two of them were go nuts for donuts, and <laughs> well, <I> mean, <laughs> that's think, what I was expecting. Things
0: like things like can't stop. We start like I've stopped playing, so I you know yeah. some some games do get retired as well. Well,
1: the one year didn't we both have over a hundred games of Seven Wonders?
0: Yeah. That wasn't so. this year. That <laughs> yeah. was that was
1: going back a year. Yeah. All right. Looking at those hundred games, it's our four-year anniversary. So what I want to look at is the four most played games for each of us. So for me, I'll do mine first, then Sean's gonna jump in. So for me, code names duets number one. Not surprising to me at all. Deanna and I play this a lot together. Pretty much anytime we have a date night, we're having charcuterie, we're having beers, we go out of town to Kingsville, we play code names duet. Plus, we played a ton of games of this in a row at Extra Life, which hit in November. So it falls in this 12-month period. And that was with Sean and some of our chat folk and our friend Eugene. Like, I don't know how many games of Codename Duet we played, but it was over 20 just in that one weekend. Plus, we play this with friends and family. We played with Tori and Kat. Sean played when he was down. We played with the kids. So Codenames Duet doesn't surprise me at all. Still my favorite version of Codenames was my most played game of last year. And I'll admit, I didn't note the numbers on how many times I played these, which, oh, well, sorry, you don't get that info. It was a lot. It was like 80 sometimes. Next, I have Patchwork. Um, This one's mainly due to the fact the game came out on Board Game Arena. Again, Extra Life, Sean and I, that's what we did till the wee hours of the morning is we played a whole bunch of Patchwork one after another. Um, I will say this one, I do not play as much in person. We've kind of moved on to other games with smaller footprints for the date night games, and it's actually been a long time. But it is such a great implementation on Board Game Arena that, yeah, we play a lot of patchwork there. Next, I've got Traconus Invasion. And while this is mainly due to the one marathon session when Sean was down and we played 13 to 15 games in a row in order to review the Wrath expansion. Which was a campaign expansion, and we didn't want to review it until we played the whole thing. And while well, Sean was enjoying it, so we played the entire thing in one sitting. Um, now, Draconis, technically, we discovered the year before, but that Wrath expansion and that marathon session was in the last twelve months. To me, that felt like it was longer ago. I was a little surprised that that was on. I was like, really? I played Draconis that much, and I'm like, oh, the Wrath. Ex-. Plus, we did also do a preview of the latest expansion. Which speaking of which also goes in the count, but I, I might as well call it out here. It's kind of a weird place to do it. Normally I throw it in announcements, but the new Draconis Invasion Kickstarter is live right now and totally worth checking out. Now, this features a brand new printing of the base game, because the old one had sold out. The new expansion Glory, which we did a preview of and really liked. Like all I I think everyone who played Glory with us agreed that everything it added to the game was was well worth adding. Um, as well as they now have like an all-in pledge where you can get the base game, the wrath campaign expansion and glory all together at a great price. And I guess I, I strongly recommend this one. I think Sean feels the same. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, my next, my fourth top most played game this year is space based. Um, this one's again, a mix of digital and physical place. Um, we were originally playing it on tabletop simulator and then it launched on board game Arena. We were playing it. We had some games where we played with some of our Patreon patrons um many times on board game arena we were playing multiple games in a row it would end and we just rematch but i gotta say my physical copy has seen a lot of play as well um that with goes with getting shy pluto and the command station expansions in the last year and reviewing those and checking those out as well as just playing it with friends and family yeah fair enough those are my top four, and just because I like to put things in top tens, I don't know why, and humans seem to like top tens, I'll give you my next six, but I'm not going to, like, talk about it all. I'm just going to give them to you in order. Next was Tapestry, then Azul, then Charterstone, which makes sense. The game, Land versus Sea, then
0: Aventuria. All right. Well, my top four most played starts with sushi go and this was my number one game thanks to regular bga plays and we actually generally have more than one game happening at once um which does occasionally get a little tricky to keep track of because there aren't that many uh different pieces of sushi in the basic game but uh (laughs) such as it is
1: so i know you've started playing sushi go party is that going to replace it
0: uh, we figure by next year. We are now playing more games of Sushi Go Party, but we haven't completely let let Sushi Go go either. Go. Okay. So, uh, but we are playing more party than than the original base game. Yeah. Uh, second up is go Nuts for Donuts, and honestly, this one kind of surprised me that it was as high up as it was. Um, I guess I just kind of it kind of swaps over, and you don't really even necessarily notice when a new game mm-hmm. is started. It's just. It, the one thing so kind go- of
1: like our old seven wonders. You were just yeah, like, yeah. It just
0: kind of always always going. And it because of the nature of Gonuts for Donuts, it doesn't have the same um, okay, a round is done that uh, go sushi has. And so the difference between a new game starting and how badly you were doing on the last round, or if someone made you give up all your cards, it's always it's a little harder to tell. So that's that's okay. why this one surprised me. Uh, is coming up. Uh, can't stop. I was surprised cause I have not played can not stop in a while, but I, we had been playing it so much that I guess it just kind of crept in at the end of the, uh, or the beginning of the, the beginning of the time period. We were counting that, uh, it's still managed to, uh, creep in See, there. i'm
1: shocked by that i'm surprised anyone plays can't stop past the you have to play this to join board game arena you know, does that still do that now that osmodee owns it it's not an an i game? have
0: no idea but i, I, I have i have seen several people on twitter lately one going out and buying it because they joined bga and had to play it so yes they they are still doing it because so, yeah. because they went out okay. and bought they, they went and bought a special japanese version because it looked cool and looked they cool. they loved playing it after joining bga yeah uh, and then someone else was playing what was a, a really cool version. It was a rollout, like felt uh, board. Okay. So it took up almost no space and it was just, you know, a felt board and some, uh, some little uh, things on the, you know, little markers. Um, I'll admit,
1: I want a copy just to have it. Like it's it, it, we haven't been running local events, but I think it's a great local event game. Absolutely.
0: So my first real game, I'm gonna you know, re- physical game. Physical, that my first physical. physical game is Draconis Invasion. And again, this is uh this is part of why I rank this as my number one game for 2021. And the fact that yes, we had definitely had we had to review it, but I also really enjoyed reviewing it.
1: Uh and yeah, then that f- was one that we went well above the we must try this
0: five times at least before okay, reviewing absolutely. it. Absolutely. Uh and then to fill out the list, my next six were patchwork, azul, tapestry. Space Base, Splendor, and the Castles of Burgundy. Castles of Burgundy is so good on Board Game
1: Arena. You got to thank Board Game Arena for a lot of those plays. Oh, yeah. (laughs) All right. So the next logical question uh, would be of all the games you played in the last year, not your most played games, what are our top four games overall? Now, these don't have to be new to me games. This isn't the usual. What was the best game you played in 2022? Just All the games we played last year, new, old, shiny, new hotness, or old, crusty war games that have sat on shelves forever. What were our top four games we played since in this year of podcasting? And for me, number one, um, uh, technically, I didn't mean this is ranked, but sure. Number one is Aventuria. Well, this was not new to us this year, we spent a lot of time playing it at the end of last year, like between July and the end of the year, And very early this year in January, unfortunately, until these eyes started acting up. Uh, Honestly, if it wasn't for that, we'd probably still be playing now, probably making a significant dent in the pile of stuff I have for Adventure. And honestly, of all the games in the list, this is the one I most want to get back into. Uh, But unfortunately, the local medical system is failing us, and these eyes still haven't even been looked at to be scheduled to be fixed. So. Uh, disappointing that we can't play it anymore, but still just as good as it ever was. And I'm sorry, I still can't tell you how to get this game. I, I wish I could. I, I, more people need to learn and love this game, but you're going to have to come to my house to play it because no one else has a copy. But that's not an open invitation, just so. <laughs> no, 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 not not now. Maybe some year, yeah, we'll maybe do something. Maybe no, we'll, we'll, s- we'll do, we'll do an actual Sean Con with people sometime. Uh, So for
0: me, I'm jumping right back to it. Draconis Invasion. So despite the dark art and some questions we had working it all out in the originally, this game was good enough for us to play it all the way through and then some more and then play the, you know, a a campaign of it and Mm. then review another expansion and keep playing it. Now, I am a card game fan. There's no question that's thing. But this one really captured my attention.
1: Yeah, that's a really solid deck building game. And again, live on Kickstarter right now. Unlike at you can get this one. <laughs> uh, next up, uh, it's got to be our Charterstone campaign. That was an extremely memorable experience. I don't think any of the four of us are soon to forget. I'm honestly still shocked. Um, again, based on how it started and how simple it seems at the start, that it kept us involved and engaged for 12 full games. Yes, I didn't love that 13th game. I was not a fan of continuing our campaign or continuing to play it, but that experience of those first 12 games was fantastic. Now, I know the group we played with had a lot to do with it, but Charterstone is a really solid experience. Enough so that the four of us split on a copy of the Recharge Kit. So that might be on our fifth year anniversary episode. We'll be talking about how Charterstone stands up or doesn't to a second play. All right. So I'm going to put in space base.
0: This game is just so well crafted from the expandability all the way to the fact that there's no real downtime on other people's turns mm. from two to seven players. It is just a solid game, both in person or online. And, and that's tabletop simulator or board game arena. Mm.
1: The only thing with this one is i strongly suggest use the light year variant where, where you purchase some cards at the start, because there is some downtime at the beginning of that game where you're just it's going around the table and no one's getting anything. Whereas if you use that advantage, I, I find that that removes that little bit at the beginning where you're like, come on.
0: OK, get oh, going. Absolutely. Yep. Fair. Now, we've actually just had a call out in our chat room to all the other lobbyists. Okay. What's a game that you can't get anymore that the bellhop made you want? And Pax is saying for them, it's Yardmaster.
1: All right, so Pax, I'm not sure if you were aware, but Yardmaster is available as a free print and play. So as long as you have a printer or someone else willing to print it, you can get a copy. You can go to the Board Game Geek page, and there is a link in the file section to the full print and play, or it's on our list of 300 free print and play games with a direct link.
0: <laughs> and tech is saying Aventuria. <laughs>
1: yeah, I, I'm sure there are a lot of people there. D dropped. Well, D dropped a link to our free print and playlist. It's on there. It is from, it's under, um, Oh, who's the crash games. Is that right? I don't think that's right. I'm drawing a blank on the name of the company who published it. It's, it's under the publisher, but if you can you, you know, control F Yardmaster, you should be able to find it. So it
0: was published Which, yes, by, I know
1: uh, Crash Games. I was right. Crash Games. Okay. these sometimes I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Almost like I need a fancy hat to show off. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, you can get a copy, print, and play. Um, Just, you know, and then get a bunch of card sleeves and throw magic cards or playing cards in there with them. And I know it's not the same as owning the game. It is sadly out of print. Alright, thanks for that. Next up on my list of best games we played in the last uh, 12 months would be Lost Ruins of Arnak. That is the next big hit. Um, Again, this isn't really in order, so I don't know about next, but it is the next big hit. Um, We just did our formal review of this one two, three weeks ago. I don't even know now. And this is one of those overhyped games that everyone was talking about that actually lives up to the hype. This is a fantastic engine building game that makes great use of both worker placement and deck building. This is one of those games I think about when I'm not playing and I can't wait to play again. And I've got to say, I appreciate again that board game arena has a copy of this, but I think at this point, we're probably about equal number of plays with my physical copy and my digital, well, my digital copy, the digital version.
0: Yeah. I have to say, I mean, it's the same for me. I it was on Lord, uh, Lost is on mine as well. It is a fantastic game uh just make sure learn on one side and then once you're comfortable with the game flip it over to the other side before and, and then start playing on that on the back side before you uh yeah don't start with the snake side yeah, don't start on the snake
1: and I do recommend, and I think Sean agrees that if you can play a physical copy before playing on board game arena.
0: Yeah, absolutely. There, this I, one was
1: rough for that. The other
0: one, the other option that may help is play with people who know the game, but keep, uh, you know, play real time with audio and uh, you know, have a chat. It's just yeah. that, you know, learning what people can do and learning how all the different options play out. And uh, it's, there's so much to grasp that first time. Being and and experiencing what other people do as they play uh, Arnak really helps you figure out the game faster.
1: And I also still say if you are new to the game and so, or sorry, old, if if you're an old hand, if you played before and someone's new, help them out, point out those options they're going to miss. Don't be the person who sits back and watches them pass when you know there's 13 more things they could do. (laughs) All right, is this the last one? Yeah, this is the last. So this, this is my fourth. This is my number four, my fourth best game. I played this last year. Not new to me is the Quacks of Quedlinburg, but what was new was the Herb Witches, which just refreshed everything. It made the game feel new again. This was not something new in the last year, um, but it, it, it just it's one of those expansions that makes a great game even better somehow. Or a good game to great? No, I would say Quacks was already great. It's just it's now greater. <laughs> it's it's better than great. It's magnificent. The magnificent Quacks of Quadenberg with her bridges. Uh, to me, this is a must-have expansion. I know during our review, I was like, nah eh, you don't need it because the, the original game's good enough on its own." Well, it's true. The original game is good enough, but just get it. There's no reason not to. If you like the first game at all, this takes nothing away from Quacks and only improves it in a number of ways including one of the most important things, mitigating some of the randomness in the base game, plus giving you more options. This is the thing where on Deanna's side, the game went from meh to good, whereas I think it went from great to better.
0: Yeah, I think realistically, you're going to buy Herb Witches, you're going to play it for a while, and you're really going to love it. And after a little while, you're just going to want to pick up Herb Witches because it adds just so much more. The amount of extra content in Herb Witches is really staggering. All right, so All right, what's your last my one? last one is Dune Imperium. Now, this game, which is not on the same list as Arnak because of any similarities, but simply because it's a strong game that, while not deeply thematic, is thematic enough to capture a fan's attention and give them or me the taste they need on top of just being a solid game.
1: Yeah, I got to say the theme is tied into that one surprisingly well for what's pretty much an abstract. Yeah,
0: I mean, you don't need the theme for this game, but because of what they've done and because of what Dune is, it it works well enough Mm -hmm. that if you are familiar with Dune, I mean, someone who doesn't know Dune is not going to learn about Dune playing this game. Definitely not. But if you are a fan of Dune, and we all are, uh, it really does work. Yeah, for me, this would be my first honorable
1: mention. It's not my top four, but it's probably in my top ten. Um, speaking of that, here's some other ones that like could have easily been on the list. Um, the Goonies escape with one-eyed Willy's rich stuff. I I loved it, but the one and done nature, I just can't put that as like best game. Ex Libris, old game, but I'm really digging it. Chronicles of Avel, a little light from my usual list, but a fantastic family weight, um, castle defense game. Hellbringer, which I think we're going to hear Sean talk about a bit later. That was a surprise. That was neat and well done. Roll camera, cooperative dice rolling game, spell smashers where you're spelling words to fight monsters. And well, I've got to admit it, Scythe. And I got to thank everyone who convinced me to give Scythe another chance. And that's like
0: a small sample of the great games I played in the last year. Yeah, there are definitely some solid contenders on that list. It would be hard to cover all we've covered in the past year with more than 40 episodes since last anniversary and often more than two reviews in a show.
1: Yeah, it's true. Especially if you count like the, the Bellhops tabletop, not the formal reviews. Mm-hmm. Well, I said 100 different games. That would be a show. I mean, I'm going to talk. it. Maybe that's that's a different show. Talk. The 100 games I played last year and my thoughts on all of them. <laughs> <laughs> that's my extra life stream. <laughs> Just start at noon and we'll there see we how long it goes. All right. Next, I want to talk about surprises. Boom. What games we played this season, year, whatever we want to call it, that shocked us in some way. And I'm going to start with land versus sea. I we got this one from um, I want to say Graham Gamers Guild. That's not it. Good Good Games Publishing. We got this one from Good Games Publishing, kinda out of the blue. Um, we were also got some other games that was really hyped to check out, right? Like the the um, unfair expansions and and Guildmaster. But here's this little two to four player, but mainly two player tile laying game that just really solid worked really well. Um, this has now Jones theory, if you want to use that term, or replaced Carcassonne for me as a gateway tile game. This is the tiling game. I'm going to bring out the public play events going forward. And then there's the great parts of having modules you can add to it. Three different things you can toss into the game, to make it more complicated, which makes it even more appealing to the hardcore gamers, the experienced gamers, whatever you want to call them, the yards in your group. And I love that, that here's this basic game with these other layers you can put on top. I got a shout out to Kevin. Thank you for joining me. Have a good night's sleep. I know you got to work way
0: too early in the morning. Yep. So for me, the first one is Hellbringer. This one was a slow burn. The rule is leaving somewhat to be desired when we first cracked it all open. But once we learned the game, it just flows so well. And was a game that in particular I found the solo play really stood out. And that's an aspect of games I don't normally care at all about, despite the fact that I don't have that many people to game with around me. Uh as solo games is just isn't something I do. I'm much like Mo, if I if, if I'm gonna play on my own, I'm gonna probably be sitting on the computer. But this was a solo game that actually was fun. And I think we talked about before, sort of gave you that Diablo feel. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, this was this was. It's kind of funny because you're you're having you had the journey with Hellbringer that we're having with Ghost Betwixt a bit now (laughs) um, with. wow, was it bad at first? Like like Sean was ready to give up on this game. It was there's one picture I've got online that I shared with him, like with the rule book looking like, what the hell is this? And it's funny to see (laughs) that you went from like, forget it, just like write this guy, say, I'm sorry, I'll ship it back at our expense. We're done to
0: wow. This is one of my biggest surprises of the year. So that's cool to see for me. Unfortunately, unless they fix the rule book, no one else is gonna have the good experience. I don't think
1: well they they've already done at least two revisions. So I'll admit I haven't looked at the most recent. And I actually mean to. I mean to help them try to try to clarify things a little. All right, the next one for me is Gonkimono or however it's supposed to be pronounced. Gonkimono. Um, we reviewed this one just last week, and honestly, this was a contender for my top five of the year. Oh sorry, four. We were originally going to do top fives, and then I realized our fourth anniversary, we should do top fours. I was trying to be cute, and I I, I missed a spot. So yeah, this this might have been my fifth. No, wouldn't it? Um, This is a contender for top game of the year. It really is. um, Just not quite as good as the other ones. This this is definitely on my, you know, when we do the year-end look back, if we do one this year, this is going to be in my best new-to-me games list. This is just I feel so bad it's out of print. Like, I feel like everyone else missed on it, too. So I, I didn't get a copy of the game until I bought a lot of games. Off of a off Like, a lot as in you pay one price and get a bunch of games. Well, it was also a lot of games. But So it's both <laughs> versions of lot. Um. But, like, I wouldn't have grabbed this one. This, this was just part of the lot. And I sat down and played it. And I'm like, wow, this is actually really good. And Deanna and I played two-player. And, like, it was one of the few times Deanna and I teach her a brand new game. Can we play again? Like right after playing it, I think we played three times in a row. And then last time Sean was down, I'm like, you got to try this game too. And he tried it and he's like, wow, that's really good. And then we played it with more players. It was even better. And then we played it with five. This is one of those simple rules, complex strategies that combines for a win. Uh, Even though the themes as pasted on as can possibly be.
0: Yeah. And and as Dee's pointing out in the chat room, it needs a reprint with a more uh, visually friendly uh, design uh, I, I did a test when we were, when I was, when I was putting the review together for our YouTube, I did a test and I took the picture of all of the different color tiles mm-hmm. and gave it to a uh, colorblind simulator that I, that I've used before. And it failed on eight of the wow. eight of the eight of eight different colorblind tests, uh, where t- at least two tiles became indistinguishable other than the yeah. overbusy graphic art. Um, uh, you know, all eight different forms of color blindness. Yeah, that part's disappointing. All, all I can say is I don't know, like
1: Renegade Game Studios pulled it off their website. It's not even listed there as one of the games they publish. So I have to assume they're done with it. So I just hope someone else picks it up. Like, like, cause it's solid it needs to be out there though. Maybe refine, maybe change the theme, maybe shrink the
0: board to get bit. I don't know. Well, and the thing is, again, you can't, you can't copyright the the, the mechanics. So someone really could just remake this well, game I, completely different.
1: Yeah. But I'd rather the actual original designer get the Fair. credit. No right. Fear. Like no get, someone republish this This is <laughs> one I think deserves to be out there. I think it just got overlooked.
0: Yep. All right. So my next one is revolution of 1828. This game is probably under most of the world's radar with a distinctly US centric theme that has little to no appeal to anyone outside the US, other than some political historians. Yet, for all that, is a really great two player game that makes you really think through your turns and your opponent's turns and your turn and your next turn. And, well, really, a lot of thinking is there to be had. Yeah, this is a thinky filler from Stefan Feld, the two player only. I
1: didn't even know Feld did two player only. Uh, That's a solid one. Um, Speaking of historically themed games, my next one is the Red Burnuse Algeria 1857. This kind of came out of nowhere. It's a cooperative deck building folk on a map war game, which those words combined is why I even agreed to review it because I'm like, here's deck building being used for something new. Um, and again, here's someone doing it different than Dune or Arnak. You're using deck building with things on the map in a very different way. This is a, a point-based uh war game with with you know combat result charts and everything, and then added to that, it's historically based, a historic war where you're playing the indigenous indigenous people fighting against the invaders, which is a nice twist to the usual theme for these games. Now, while all that sounds cool, it just doesn't sound like something like I, 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 I wanted to check it out at a curiosity's sake. I did not expect to enjoy it as much as I did. Uh, this way, I liked way more than I thought. And as Sean was surprised by Hellbringer, I was surprised by how enjoyable this was as a
0: solo experience. All right. Um, next up, five. Now, this is interesting how poor both of our initial experiences were. Moe's in person with some cutthroat players and mine with the digital version that left me utterly confused. Yet now, when we've learned it for ourselves, it turns out it's actually a great game. And our initial impressions were clearly shaped by the manner in which we experienced it. Uh, I think both of us have significantly done an about face in our opinions on Scythe. So I still don't know if I'd enjoy it if it was played super cutthroat.
1: Mm -hmm. And I've now seen a couple people complaining the game is solved. There's a proper way to play. If anyone knows what that is? Don't tell me. I'll If I ever discovered on my own, then maybe I'll start complaining about the game.
0: <laughs> well, and I, there's still expansions, though, too, though. So. That oh. is true. All right.
1: Final one. Right, come on. Racco. How is Racco one of my most played games of the year? Like, like, if it wasn't for Racco sitting on a bookshelf at the Banded Goose Brewery, I probably never would have played this game again in my life. This is a game I grew up playing. It's something I play with my grandmother and I play with my parents. It's like just one of those games that like everyone had in the board game closet growing up and you played every now and then, but usually with family. And here we have this silly put cards in the right order game that just is a fantastic activity to be going on while you're hanging out. Uh, you're having some beers in arcades and chit chatting and hanging out and having a good time on a patio and you're playing Racco at the same time. I Seriously, we bought a copy. It's back there. We now we yeah, now no, have it's, it's a copy of Racco. I've,
0: I've been there on that patio and had a beer while playing that game. And it is just a good experience.
1: Seriously, my my best new to you games in the last year is Racco. So it's technically not new to me. It's it's a rediscovery. Plus, uh, sh- last time we were there, Sean discovered something special about that bookcase that we had no idea. I did? Was it you? No, it was no. Tori. Was Tori <laughs> <I'm> like nope? <laughs> that that bookcase is a secret door. Oh. <laughs> there, there's a book, one book on the entire bookcase, and while well, Tori decided to pick it up to look at what it was, and <laughs> it didn't come up. <laughs> and we're like, holy shit, the bookcase is a secret door. All right. Oh, well, sorry, I swore. We're not supposed to be explicit
0: yet. All right. Well, to wrap things up, not all surprises are good. Now, while we try to keep things positive on this show, one game was left with a sour taste in our mouths. And that was Tales from the Loop, the board game. Yeah. We're we're both, all of us, huge fans of the world of Tales from the Loop. The art, the RPG, the TV show even. And we were so excited to get this board game in front of us. Yet, well, after much trying, a few player counts and scenarios weren't completely broken. And that's not much of a selling point for a game. Uh, yeah. When the best thing you can say is we figured out what parts of it weren't broken. Um, that's really hard to to make your, mm-hmm. your standout pitch. Yeah. I'm a little more forgiving of this one. I think
1: because I did have a really good three player game experience that Sean missed out on. I, it is there, but uh, there's just so many issues with the game. I got literally broken at five players, almost impossible at four confusing, misleading rule book, overly difficult and complicated hacking system. Um, Terrible dice odds, like absolutely atrocious dice odds. Yeah, we can't recommend that one, and we had such high hopes. And My biggest disappointment with that game isn't for us. It's for the people who think it's about kids, because it's kids on bikes, and it's the 80s, and it's like Stranger Things, and people are buying it for their kids. And it is very much not a family-friendly, not that it's like adult, but family friendly, complicated. This is not a game to play with your kids. This is not, oh, you get to play kids running around solving mysteries and they're thinking Scooby-Doo in their head. And that is not what that game
0: is. Yeah, no, it, it's it's unfortunate because it, it taints the brand, uh, frankly. Uh, yeah. You know, people are going to buy this, have a horrible experience, and come away with a negative opinion about Tales from the Loop, of which this is only one tiny little portion and no, it didn't go well, but there's a whole lot of other Tales from the Loop out there to embrace and enjoy. All
1: right. Last one I want to talk about, as far as games played, is going to be our four favorite board game expansions we tried. Now, this time, we're only looking at four between the two of us because we didn't play a ton of expansions. Uh, my number one is, or again, number one, I keep saying that, not ranked. The first one I want to talk about is Aventuria Ship of Lost Souls. This, out of everything we tried so far for Aventuria, had the best story arc. It did awesome things that tied the first part of the story to the end part of the story with an interesting bridge, memorable moments, some stuff that honestly I am going to steal and put in a role-playing game for people who haven't played it. Uh, This was our favorite expansion so far. And this is one that I want to play with new characters just to try it and see how we do because we failed Um, or a different group because there was some really neat scenes in that. Like Sean hasn't played this one. I'm like, Sean's got to experience some of the awesome stuff in this particular adventure. Ship of Lost Souls uh, so far has been the best expansion for Adventuria. No, I still haven't played lots of them. So there
0: may be better. (laughs) All right. So for me, Herb Witches for Quacks. Again, a must have ish so everything included in this expansion belongs in the game but not in a this should always have been there way Mm -hmm. the game in its base form isn't in any way broken it's a fantastic game but the expansion of gameplay no no pun intended brought by this is just so welcome Mm -hmm. there's no need to buy it when you buy witches but you're probably not going to want to wait too long once you've been playing a while and you just want to see what, you know, all the extra bits can do.
1: I think you mean no way to buy it when you buy quacks. quacks yes. Sir. Yes. When you buy quacks though, honestly, now that you can get it in a bundle, eh, you kind of might want to just do it all together. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> all right. Next one is space Base: The emergence of shy Pluto, which actually feels like it was more than a year ago. Uh, this was a surprisingly good experience overall. Uh, My only complaint about it is the pain of trying to talk about it due to spoilers. Like, I honestly probably should have said, forget it. I'm just going to spoil this one. And because most other people seem to Um, the experience was fun. We played through a bit of it, just Deanna and I. Then we added Tori and Kat in. And that experience of playing through the campaign was very well done. Uh, We've talked recently about onboarding in board games. This was onboarding done right with every like a new type of mechanic added in each new scenario. Now, I know when we did the review, I did have mixed thoughts on the end result, uh, what it does to change space base. But at this point, since then, I've now embraced the new mining rules. While I may not dive into mining myself most games, it's only if it's a rare chance that like happens, depending on the card draw. Sometimes I'll go for it. But it is an interesting option to be there as part of the game, whether I choose to interact with it or not.
0: So for me, there's Draconis Invasion Wrath. This brought an interesting assortment of new cards to this game and did so in a well thought out campaign style. Mm -hmm. It introduced only a few new cards a session. So you really got to experience them before you slammed them all into your box and tried to figure out what layout you wanted to use later on. Uh, It really, it really was a nice, you know, slow build through all the new cards and, and to experience what they had to offer.
1: Now, despite we did it and we kind of had fun, I just don't recommend trying to play the entire campaign over one weekend. Well, no. (laughs) Pace yourself, people. Pace Pace. yourself. If you're not rushed to review it, take your time. One per session. Just add one per session. Maybe play through a couple times on each scenario, because I think that's what we missed out on, was getting to really deep dive some of those cards by using them. Because a lot of the cards were in for one and out. All right, before we move away from games played and on to something else, I think it's time to reward our chat room here on Twitch again for being with us on this occasion. We're going to ask another bellhop trivia question. And again, the first person to answer gets their pick of the promos we still have left. No, it's only one prize per person. Feel free to take part if you won early in the show, but you can't win again. And I think we're cool because the person who won earlier <laughs> has gone home for the night unless he jumped back in or has his you know headphones on to jump in. This
0: one's going to be a rough one, so let's see. All right, so before the Tabletop Bellhop launched four years ago, on what blog did Mo used to post his reviews? This one, we're going to give people some time. This one, this one's tough. I actually, it took me a beat to remember it because it (laughs) has been, you know, four years. (laughs) Um, uh, So it'll be interesting to see if anyone who's here tonight knows what it might be. Answer it. Answer it. Go ahead, snail. You you can, if you know, you can you jump in there. Because uh, I, I don't think anyone no, what else. No, it is snail runs. Oh, probably, Pax, there Pax you go. Got Pax
1: got it. There
0: we go. Oh, wow. I figure I
1: figure some Googling would probably yeah, possibly, get this yeah. answer. Uh, the thing with snail runs is snail runs it probably does not need any board game promos. <laughs> <laughs> that's but, that's yep, the problem Pax, there. Pax
0: has got that. Pax good, has got uh, it. Good job. So, yeah,
1: the winner is Pax, the paladin. Um... Again, I was—I I figured this wouldn't be too hard because Google exists. I That's figure if people Google my name and reviews or something, you'd be able to find it. Um, but yeah, right. PAX, PAX knew is about a super fan. The, oh, there you go. PAX is a super fan. There you go. Knew about the Windsor Gaming resource, which technically is still live. And you can still find my old reviews, though. Maybe some of the links may not work. <laughs> and, and even older than that, I used to post them on our pro boards, which if you Google still is out
0: there. I think I still have my login credentials somewhere.
1: Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> still alive. That ProBoards was fun at the time when like, when people actually went on for
0: it. Yeah, so. yeah back, back when I was still third on. Uh,
1: Again, look for a DM from D uh, where you can pick up your prize, pick out your prize, not pick it up, and hand over your info. All
0: right. Well, congratulations, Pax.
1: Now that we're back from a short coffee break, let's move away from gameplays and take a look at some of the content we put out. Now, over the last four years, we have reviewed 177 different games. That's games, not counting accessories like The Quiver or The License to Slay, which was one of actually our first reviews ever published. Good trivia question for you. Now, Deanna pulled some numbers from uh, analytics and got me a list of our four most popular reviews for our four year anniversary. Now, these are our most popular reviews overall since we launched the website. So first off is Jaws of the Lion, which honestly is not surprising to me at all. Um, We knew this was going to be a hit as soon as it went out. This is one of the few times where we really were all about the new hotness and on the ball and got it up, mainly writing an article that was a how is this different from Gloomhaven, where that's all the Twitter and board game geek and everyone was talking about. So for that one, I'm not surprised. Our timing was pretty much perfect on it. Next up, I've got our Shadow of the Demon Lord review, and this one's a bit of a shocker because this was a read review published long after the game came out. Like, this wasn't a new hotness in any way, shape or form. It was an established role playing game with it already had its fan following at the time. Though I do have to thank Rob Schwab, the designer, writer, I guess RPGs, you'd say writer uh, himself for promoting it. Uh, Rob seems to really like our review and anytime anyone asks about his game, he points to us. So I think that's why it's so high in the list. So thank you, Rob, not only for a great role-playing game, but for giving us some cred.
0: Yeah. And see, that one shocked me when I saw that on, on your list, because I had no idea. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's it. That's just one of those. Yeah. Yeah. We did that. And I still want to play, two. I still want to play that game at some point, Yes, but, <laughs> uh, the, the, the idea that that would be super popular for us did not.
1: Yeah. Like, even with Rob pointing to it, it's not like he points to it every week, right? Like, number two most popular of all time. Uh, Next one, Cthulhu Death May Die. Uh, Again, no surprise. This was another one we got out just as the game was hitting store shelves. No, we didn't have a preview. No, we didn't talk about it for the Kickstarter. But we were actually one of the first people to have content up for the the, the retail version. And I owe Solon Wong at Tabletop Renaissance for this one. I have to thank him for that because he's the one that provided us with a review copy and let us get that content out there right away. So thank you very much for that, Solon. And anyone in Windsor should stop by Tabletop Renaissance down by the university, which sadly is no longer a ramen shop as well. Now it's only a game shop.
0: (laughs) Yeah, unfortunately, uh, as much as we appreciate his contribution to gaming in Windsor, We do sorely miss his contribution to ramen in Windsor.
1: Yes. Yes. I don't think he's going back. His his mom had to retire, basically. She was done, which is fair. It happens. Yep. So on, you should still sell ramen. I'd I'd be at the store more often. I'll paint miniatures while I eat ramen or something. (laughs) Uh, Number four. This one completely surprised me. It's a little wordy. Uh, They actually... I don't want to say an actually good game by Exploding Kittens because that sounds terrible. A, a, a solid, not silly party game from Exploding Kittens. Yeah. A more solid have, hobby game from yeah, Exploding Kittens. Games. Yeah. I then again this could be new hotness, but I think this just has to do with the fact it's Exploding Kittens and the mass marketing of this game. This is a game you can get anywhere. You might run into it at a corner store. Uh, with more people seeing the game out there, there's probably more people looking for reviews. But that's just conjecture. I don't actually know if that's why. But again, I was shocked that like number four.
0: Yeah, that's uh, again, that's another one of those games where yeah, yeah, that's that was a game.
1: <laughs> yeah, it yeah. was all right. I, I dig it for a two player word game. There was some really cute stuff going on there. It was a brilliant like in
0: some of the mechanics. But it just kind of shows what uh, you know if you hop on the trends and what what is popular. It, yeah. It's got legs.
1: <laughs> I don't know. Maybe this means we should do more new hotness. Though I know our fans like the old crusty stuff too. So yep. Now one other one that caught me caught my eye. Deanna gave me like twelve right to go through that we could have been talking about tonight, and I, I wish we had time to actually go through those. That'd be another interesting episode too. All of our most popular reviews or our top twenty popular reviews, but the one that struck out for me was our Masters of the Universe role playing game. I know it right now. I said that there's people Googling it and trying to buy it right now. This was our 12th most popular review ever. And everyone who's doing that Google search and jumping on eBay, go read it right now. Not that it needs more views, but you need to read it because you don't want to buy this game. And the only thing I can think of that this was so popular is that in the last 12 months, there were two big Master of the Universe board games that crowdfunded. One on Kickstarter, one on GameFound, one in the US and one on the UK. And I have to assume people were looking up that and finding my review, but maybe not.
0: Yeah, it's hard to say. That's uh, I mean, we warn people, but you just can't warn people enough about this one. There's just no way to do it. Um, and, and like, well, because you
1: hear Mass of the Universe role playing game from FASA, what?
0: Absolutely, that's what I did. That's why I bought it. Absolutely, and and it, it's just hard to sell to to save people from themselves.
1: Yeah. All right. Not a complete game, no matter what. Even if you think you'll be curious and you'll try to play it, you can't. It's not a complete game.
0: Yeah. Now, while Mo and D control the the blog and and for the most part the YouTube. Uh, I kind of have, uh, my, my domain is the podcast. Yep. So anyone who tells you they know exactly how many people listen to their podcast is either exclusive to Spotify, which has very detailed, uh, lock in and, uh, and stats because of that, or they're outright lying, <laughs> but I do keep some stats for our show and I know how many times they've been downloaded, if not listened to from start to finish. So we're still not sure if that counts plays in
1: apps and plays that embedded plays. And it, does this only count if it's from a pod catcher? So no, we still so, aren't well, even no, sure I mean, here. I've got,
0: there's, there there's, the, the stats do get broken down. Like I know that, you know, some of them come direct from the links. Like you can, you can actually collect the, the direct link to our show on uh, Pinecast. Right. Uh, records, whether if it gets pulled from the RSS feed and downloaded that way, it gets pulled. If it's done on Spotify, Spotify actually has a separate, yeah. uh, uh, analytics thing in, even in Pinecast, you have to go to click on analytics from, uh, Pineca- uh, from, uh, Spotify to read their stats because they are kept separately because of how they do their stats and stuff like that. So there are, we do have a pretty good notice and I can even tell you a lot of times, you know, what, uh, what app or what, uh, browser mm-hmm. downloaded them all, um, but this one, this, I, and there's stories behind this, but by a landslide, our number one episode is number 79, published February of 2020, just before the pandemic. And that is all these, but goodies with an unbelievable 44,243 downloads as of this afternoon. Now, I don't know how many people have actually listened to it. But even if a fraction of them have, that would be fantastic.
1: Yeah, this is the episode where we talked about older classic games still worth playing. And it's interesting that it's so popular when everyone always seems to want to talk about the new hotness. Like if we look at our most popular blog posts, most of those are when we are right on the wave of the new hotness. I, this isn't the first time we've heard people appreciate that we do talk about older games. So I got to say with this particular one, something wonky happened with Pandora. So yeah. we don't know what.
0: Well, yeah, because because we're Canadian and we don't actually get to participate in Pandora because of geofencing, we don't know the details. But apparently Pandora has been pushing our episode on people or maybe not pushing, but suggesting or in some or way, whatever, bringing our content to the fore, which Thank you, Pandora. I appreciate it. I just wish I understood it. (laughs) Now, clearly, we don't have a lot of Spotify listeners as uh, they only show having listened to 183 times out of all of our content combined. (laughs) Wow. So that one's a little weird. So
1: uh, So again, I wonder if that's just people playing it on the blog, because now our blog, we swapped over to a Spotify player. Maybe that's people not subbing on Spotify. Again, I still wonder if some of it's slipping through the cracks. Like you can go on Board Game Geek right now and hit play and listen to our episodes. Right, where does that get recorded?
0: Well, again, if it, it depends who's storing it. If if Board Game Board Geek Game Geek's storing it, see if they're storing that, then they're actually breaking several rules and they shouldn't be. Uh, they, if they're know, pulling they're it from it. the RSS, yeah, when it I don't happens, know. Happens that's okay, but if they're actually storing it on Board Game Geek, that's questionable.
1: Uh, maybe it's through the RSS. Yeah. I don't know.
0: So our next most played uh, is First Settlement, our episode number one with twelve hundred and fifty three downloads. And that's so that's without the whole Pandora weirdness. So this is a reasonably honest twelve hundred and fifty three downloads that I really am proud of. I mean, I I feel a little bad because our quality in episode one (laughs) might not be the best way to introduce people to us. But uh, the content is still solid, I believe. And uh, yeah, it was good. it's nice that people have, uh, have you know, at least jumped in and tried to listen to the beginning of us.
1: And I got to say, it makes sense because when you Google tabletop LHOP gaming podcast and you get Spotify or most of the players out there, I think even Pinecast does this. It sorts by episode number, oldest to newest. Yep. And I got to admit, I kind of wish they didn't do that because <laughs> I don't think it's our best episode, especially not quality wise. Um, kind of wish it went the other way. Plus, if someone's like, "Hey, go check out the Tabletop Bellhop Gaming Podcast," most people probably jump to episode one. Which, again, I I almost wish we didn't have. I don't.
0: I've always, I always, usually, unless it's a series, you know, a show that actually has a Mm. a narrative, uh, I'll generally try to grab within the last ten episodes. Um, But that's just me. I don't know. Maybe. But it
1: also depends on your podcatcher. Like the podcatcher I use, so so what? Apple Podcasts grab starting at episode one. If I go sub Mm -hmm. to a new podcast. It grabs all the unplayed episodes. Oh
0: wow! Okay, yeah. No, mine doesn't. It's kind of annoying. Mine actually starts at the last five, which isn't as many as I want. See, that's I. Yeah, would, I prefer five, the last ten. Um, but and uh,
1: side side note, the way I listen to podcasts is I will listen to your most recent episode, and then if I like it, I'll go back. And sometimes I like it enough, I'll go back to episode one, but that doesn't happen often.
0: <laughs> yeah, no. Unless it's a narrative, you're probably not going to get me all the way back to uh, to episode one. So, coming in number third, uh, this is now our February AMA episode from 2020, which happens, perhaps not surprisingly, to have come out right after Oldies But Goodies. Uh, And it's coming in at 900 or so episodes. So, my hope is that this is the people who actually listened to Oldies But Goodies and thought we were good enough to try another one. So...
1: So I kind of worry that it means everyone listened to all these goodies and liked it, and they go to this AMA and are like, "Oh, I'm done. <laughs> I, I don't need to keep going because it, it doesn't continue." That our next ones, 900 listens as well. No, that's so true. so I say fair, but a
0: little disappointing. <laughs> uh, and then coming in fourth is Too Fast, Too Furious. This is one of our two player games episodes, which mm-hmm. comes in with a nice but rather leisurely 476 downloads. Yeah,
1: two player stuff overall does continue to perform well on all our platforms, right? Like like if on, on the blog, on the podcast, everything. And I honestly think that, that we're kind of I don't think we're hurting ourselves, but we're, we're splitting it here, right? If we had one big best two player games post, it might outperform everything else we've done. Maybe it'd go hot on Pandora. But because we've got it split up into a number of posts where it's like two player games for date nights, two player games for kids, two Mm -hmm. multiplayer games that play better at two players and so on. And each of them was performed pretty well on their own. I think if you combined all those numbers, I think two player games is probably our most popular topic.
0: I wonder if we if we need to do a meta episode where we uh, where we sort of, you know, link back to all of our individual two player episodes, but do a summary uh, of it all.
1: Well, as it is, when we do a two-player episode, we usually do link back to our other ones. Mm-hmm. Usually in the case of, if you want more two-player games, check out, and we'll list all the links.
0: And thank you, Ryan. Uh, Ryan's just saying he he expects the crowdfunding red flags to tick up in interest over time. Um, I, I th- We did get a lot of feedback on that one, so hopefully uh, yeah. hopefully that one does uh, ride up. Yeah, best date night games is 162,000 page views.
1: Yeah, like we we talk about how the blog is our main thing. Well, there, there's why right there, <laughs> right there. Now, we talked about the blog a bit. We talked about the podcast. So next up, it'd be basically YouTube. I'm not going to talk about my most liked Instagram post of the last year. I don't even know how to find that. Um, But because we do put out things on YouTube, so I thought it would be interesting to look at reviews again, specifically just looking at our top reviews. Uh, number one, not a surprise at all, Gloomhaven, Jaws of the Lion. Again, because the main topic was, how is it different from Gloomhaven? And I think we hit the right question there. Yeah. We were answering the question people wanted to know. They did not want a review of Jaws of the Lion. They want to know how it's different from Gloomhaven.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. I think the the right away, people were trying to understand where Jaws of the Lion fit in. Uh, everyone knew what Gloomhaven was, but Jaws of the Lion was still this brand new, and it it, Target you know, exclusive, yeah. People weren't. It wasn't available. Was it? Was it a new? Was it a follow up? Was it a, an expansion? Was it? So you know, how did this fit into the Gloomhaven world? And mm-hmm. we jumped on that, and it, it worked.
1: <laughs> yep. uh, next, Cthulhu Death May Die. So not only popular on the blog, also popular on YouTube. Though I will say our actual play is way more popular than the review, but the review's still way up there. Again, looking at reviews, and this was just a standard review of ours. Yeah. Though it's also our most thumbs down review with the most comments from idiots who don't like diversity in their games.
0: Yeah, well, we 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 had to uh, we had to applaud people for doing a great job, and well, that's what you get. Yeah, well, it's still number two overall. So thank you, everyone, for the interaction. If you interact with us, we don't really care whether you're thumbs up and you're thumbs downing. Interacting is what matters. Uh, The biggest surprise, though, it's not at
1: this point, but like for a long time, but like it's now come up so many times that we're well aware it's doing well is the episode where I had Sean talk about nine random superhero RPGs. He happened to be reading at the time because I didn't have time to do a review or a full episode prep. Like, literally, that's why that episode exists, is I'm like, I'm busy. Can you handle this week's topic? How about you talk about some of the games you've been reading? And I think you picked nine arbitrarily. Now, I will admit there's one in there we probably shouldn't have promoted as much as we did. And that's why the blog version is eight supers RPGs. But overall that like it, it just keeps coming like it keeps getting views like like this isn't one that, that is slowly trickling off for some reason that one stays popular i mean
0: super rpgs are in the 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 popular zeitgeist right now uh they are out there and i think you know and i, you know, I really do need to get off my butt and and do another topic because i yeah. think it will still probably uh manage to perform and we'll have more evidence
1: of that in a bit actually uh, fourth, fourth most popular review. This one surprised me. I had no clue this was even doing well. Terraforming Mars on Steam. I like. I vaguely remember reviewing that. Like, like yeah. it, it, it wasn't memorable. Uh, I remember we didn't that really most like of our,
0: it. I mean, we, we, yeah, we, we most were of all, well, that was it.
1: Most of our review was complaining about the interface and how I'd rather play in person, yeah. which still stands. They haven't fixed any of yeah, that. It,
0: take, it takes it's, forever to play a game online. And it just it's you can't see all the stuff
1: you need to see to make your decisions at once. That's our biggest complaint about that one. So I was a little shocked by that one um, because we're talking about our four year anniversary. I also want to just look at like, some of this stuff's old, right? So I wanted to look at our most popular reviews of the last year, which cuts out Cthulhu and Throws the Lion and Gloomhaven. So just in the past year, the next one shocked me and it was Chronicles of Avell. The, the family weight game. And again, I, I think a lot of this was because our 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 review was featured on their Kickstarter. So that helps. So thank you, um, Rebel Studio, for including our review on your Kickstarter page. Next, out of the blue, had no clue this was doing well, is Hidden Games Crime Scene, the Maple Case. I had no clue anyone even watched that. <laughs> and here it is, our second most popular review of the year on YouTube. Uh, next, Aventuria. I'm glad people are learning about the game. I'm sorry you can't get it. I can't really say that anymore. And then finally, another one that's kind of like the superheroes one, because it keeps getting comments and because people keep talking to me about it and sending me DMs is our white star white box sci-fi RPG review. Oddly, the original one, not the galaxy edition, which is the latest edition, the original one. For some reason, all I can think of is we must be linked in some OSR blog or something. To constantly get people finding that review. Right.
0: That's fair. So, uh, you know, at this point, we would probably have trouble imagining anything on YouTube ever being as popular as our FAQ read through for Gloomhaven. Uh, Yeah. That one just boggles my mind. It is at still going. It is eight and a half thousand views. uh, That one's going to hit 10K. Which I mean, in the grand scheme of things, you know, in the, in, in the big world of YouTubers, that may not be a big number, but for us, that's That's a, a shockingly big number. And I mean, some of the other, uh, episodes or uh, YouTube clips that we have that are over a thousand views, which for us, I mean, you know, we've got, we're, we're a little over a thousand people. So anything, anytime we have views over a thousand, that's a really nice thing for us, but I mean, unblock unboxing eclipse second Dawn for the galaxy. An unboxing yeah. uh, getting over 1, is, is a 1,000 is is a shocking one. Yeah, that one is shocking. Um, and uh, even that unboxing Robotech is almost at a 1,000. Yes. Actually, I didn't talk about unboxings,
1: but there are some unboxings. And Sean, at first, like, we're going to do live unboxing. Why are you doing live unboxings? And at the time, I showed him the Dice Tower, where, where Tom called them boring unboxing video this, because he <laughs> hates doing them, but he knows they're popular. And I'm like, look, it works for them. We got to do it. And I got to admit, they're all slow burn they look like they're doing terrible. Right. And then I
0: go back and look and go, "Whoa, 700 views on this unboxing? What the heck?" <laughs> well, and then we've also we're also able to double down with our with the 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 wonders that is the Amazon uh program that allows us to uh make to use share, of unboxing yeah. videos on that platform as well. So,
1: though those don't count for YouTube views. No, they do. They not. are they, they are hosted at Amazon. Yeah, they are I wish they were just links to YouTube, <laughs> but Another big push for that too is I do put up, um, I'm behind on it, but I put up all our unboxings also on Board Game Geek. And I think that's where a lot of the YouTube views get happened, right? As people are watching them over on Board Game Geek, which is awesome. Yeah. Though so I got to say, I, we never did, we weren't able to strike lightning again with the Gloomhaven FAQ. We thought it was me and Sean talking FAQ and deep diving a game, but we tried it with Terraforming Mars and yep. just, no, it, I mean, like it gloom, did okay it did, if I it, remember. Gloomhaven,
0: Gloomhaven is its own yeah. thing, I think.
1: Like, honestly, for for our our brand, I should have backed Frosthaven just so we could have content about it. Yeah. All right. Um. Next logical question. We're talking about best performing reviews. Do we have any personal favorite reviews? Now, I thought about doing uh, a top four here, but I decided to just pull one uh, for me. It's still going to be a surprise for people. My favorite review I've written and published would be for Quezzle. Amazing Cappadocia. Both on the blog and YouTube formats, there's not, neither that are, are performing better than the other that I like. And what's interesting here is in no way was Quezle one of the best gaming experiences I've had. It's not a fantastic tabletop game. It's not in my top 100 games I played this year. Wait, I only played 100 games. So I guess it's in the top 100 because I only played 100 games this year. So I don't even know if it's in that because I don't know if that was even on Board Game Geek for me to rank it. So I don't even know if it is in there, but the whole thing is is since publishing that review in multiple formats, we have gotten a ton of thanks and emails and direct messages and Instagram comments from people who found our review and then discovered there's a lot more to the game they bought than they first thought. People who thought they were done and put the game back on the shelf or mounted it on a wall or whatever they did with it. And found out that there was more there. This review has helped a number of people enjoy a game they own even more and has led to a number of people to complete a puzzle they might not have ever figured out on their own. We had one of these just last week where they specifically thanked me for the pauses we put in, where we said, go do this and pause. <laughs> okay, come back if you still haven't figured out and pause. And it let them discover the joy of finishing Quesel. I honestly think it's one of our most
0: helpful pieces of content. And because of that, it's my favorite. I think, you know what? It's fantastic to think that we have helped reveal completely undiscovered content to people who weren't looking to buy, but already had a game Mm -hmm. that they thought they were done with. (laughs) Yes. Uh, For me, I mean, realistically, I don't really do it. You know, I'm I'm here for the, uh, the on the backside of of reviews to to be the pretty face but i have to say i did really enjoy the marvel rpg back and forth mm-hmm. we did in that format and then it's it's interesting that it has turned out to uh to have some legs to it and uh you know maybe be worth continuing on with
1: yeah it's definitely a very different format than we usually do for our read reviews yep which I, I think I, we may need both. Like, yep. I think that might be a podcast format versus the, whereas yeah, yeah. the re- review on the blog, I'll probably still get into, you know, this chapter is 23 pages long and features rules for throwing rocks, shining pennies and buffing your shoes before going into combat. That must be GURPS. <laughs> Gail loves GURPS. Yep. Gale that, loves that, 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 that I think should be a hashtag. <laughs> if if I was if I was a Gurps advocate, I would be totally jumping all over that right now. All right, since I was already playing around with YouTube analytics, you know what, before we go on, let's I, I know Diana was looking for this other favorite reviews of ours. The, just off the top of my head, I got to say the Gloomhaven one, that, that, that FAQ FAQ through was awesome actually. that was enjoyable to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but other favorite reviews, uh the Chronicles of Avel one just went really well. Like with playing it, writing about it, it was easy to write. Uh, I do for a short one that we just did the other day was like, just, I don't know. It was, it was like a pleasing to write and went over. Well, um, Corinto, I'm so glad we did a formal review. We should have done that sooner. Like we had the preview up, but I should have got the formal review up sooner. I feel a little bad about that one. Not that we owed anyone for that one, but the fact that so many people have discovered the game because of us putting that review out was another big push. And again, I had people reply saying, Well, finally picked it up. You finally convinced me. Stuff like that. Yeah. Those were some other favorites of mine just in in the last year Um, and more to come because we're not going to stop reviewing games. Nope,
0: absolutely not.
1: Now, since I was already playing around with YouTube analytics, I decided to also check out what our most popular Ask the Bellhop segments were. The top four in this case were 14 great tabletop RPGs that use a standard deck of cards. Yeah, anytime you're telling people where to find cheap or free games, that tends to do well. What is the best RPG map making software out there? Which I knew that was going to be popular, but I didn't expect it to be in the top four. I, I was surprised. That's one of those ones that when it first went out, we we're like ah, 20, 30 views. And I'm like, I guess it's doing okay. So it really took off. Uh, the best fantasy themed board games for solo play. That one I had a feeling might do well. We would see Especially how that's this, that this end uh,
0: up. particular world we're in.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. Sorry, I was looking at something different here. And then any tips or tricks for running a superhero RPG? And looking at those four, all I can't can't help but ask is, should we be doing more RPG content on the show? Like, seriously, three out of four of our most popular videos this year were completely about role-playing games. And then the third was about fantasy-themed board games, basically with RPG elements. It was basically solo RPGs. Even though it's technically not role-playing games, most of the games we talked about there, like Gloomhaven and Mage Knight, you could basically say our role playing games.
0: Yeah. So the question becomes, um, why are they doing well? Is it because uh, it's it's the craved thing? Is it is it there are more RPG? Is it numbers? Like are there just more RPG players searching than there are board gamers searching out there? Like uh, are board gamers mm-hmm. spending more time playing their board games and not searching on YouTube uh, and finding our content? Uh, you know, I suspect. That if you, if you did a full pool, there are more RPG players than board gamers, uh, you know, hobby, hobby board gamers.
1: See, I'm surprised by that. I think there are more board gamers out there than RPG players, but with D and D blowing up the last few years, I don't know.
0: Yeah. And I, I, mean, it also just sort of depends, you know, if you consider magic, a board game and magic players, board gamers in hobby well, gamers Pokemon and Pokemon. And, and, you know, that, that, that can certainly skew your numbers, but if, if we're, you know, b- in a large portion of the time, I think, you know, a magic player is more likely to be a and who plays magic, uh, than a board gamer, um, uh, you know, than a board gamer as, as a magic player.
1: Right. Yeah. I think so, most magic players are like, I'm a card player, but yeah. I tend to think of card games as, as mostly, um, mostly part of board gaming. Like, I don't, I don't think they, so we, we
0: lump them in, but I think they tend to think of themselves yes. as separate. Yeah. So, tcg players specifically yes yeah, no absolutely uh and so that that's really kind of it's it's really hard to know whether or not you know yes they will do numbers but is it worth it compared to by focusing on what is arguably our you know core market which is the hobby board game but
1: is it our core market when our most popular <laughs> stuff is something completely different right that's that's where i'm like man yeah. I don't know. Maybe we need to spend some more time we had, uh, like a 50 50 split would probably be a good thing. But the problem is I need to start running games. We need to be able to start gaming in public and I need to do, uh, you know, D&D night. Well, I don't know about d and <laughs> I, I still don't know if I'm ever going to dive into fifth ed, uh, head first, but whatever. I, I need to go run one shots or something or, or single sessions or we need to play through Shadows of the Demon Lord level one through ten. Though, again, that's not what this content is. Right these aren't reviews of RPGs, because if that was the case, we'd have our top videos would be the Shadowrun Beginner Box, the um, Hills from Loop Starter Set, the Alien RPG Starter Set. Those were all in the last year. Yeah. So it's not even that. It's it's RPG topics.
0: Yeah, not like the tips RPG. and tricks for running a superhero RPG. Again, that makes sense uh, again, because superhero RPG, that's the zeitgeist we're in right now. And that's a pretty general superhero, uh, superhero RPG topic. Um, it would be hard to find that kind of um like i i also feel like right now everyone's doing
1: it if if we talk about our best D character builds we're just going to be like every rpg podcast instead of every board game podcast right which again we try to set ourselves apart i guess we need people to ask rpg related questions well there we go and then then we can answer them because that's really what drives what we talk about the most is we, what we need, we need, we need Zeus to
0: ask more questions yes we need seuss
1: uh, so while we've been doing this, Deanna's pulled up some more info for us. So uh, this was our most popular Ask the Bellhop topics of um, the last year. What she pulled up in the meantime was our most popular Ask the Bellhop articles over on the blog uh, with the, the top four of the last like since we've launched. And number one is the best two player board games for date night. I think we mentioned that. We know over 168,000 views or something yeah, like the that. One, the it's... one with over 100,000 views. That That is our best thing on the blog overall we will throw more ads on that page i don't know (laughs) uh second is 25 of the best board games when you have exactly five players um that's going to mirror number four number four is 29 of the best board games for six players so one of the things we did learn and we know this now is best games at x player count does well that is what people are looking for that's what people google These are almost all popular due to Google organic search. This isn't, you know, someone linked us on Board Game Geek. Someone linked us on Reddit. This is people search this stuff, find our page and hang around and check it out. Number three, though, is the giant list of tabletop game mechanics, which I like. I I wish that was number one. I really dig that that one's doing well, though. I think it's now been another year. We probably should go through it again because just to check our definitions, see if they're still accurate, see if we're missing anything.
0: Yep. no, absolutely, and and then we start getting into fights about orthog- orthogonal, and no. <laughs> yes, uh, and so apparently uh, the the blog does not easily do that, so we're not going to get oh, that. Did okay. last year this data? Now uh, yeah, we should we should put not that live. All in, right, not, not live. Deanna
1: can't pull that one in. So yeah, most popular of all time. Like I said we we knew this one. Like this is Deanna and I talk about this stuff all the time because he's looking at the analytics all the time. That, you know best games at X player count. It sounds like we should do a three-player game, though I think we did one last time we did this research. We need best seven-player games and then best eight-player games and so on. All right, where are we at? Um, So again, reviews. Jumping back to reviews, looking at the last four years, what we decided to do was look at all the games we reviewed over, like, since the blog launched and decide what our combined top four games we've reviewed are. Now, not necessarily our favorite reviews, but our favorite games that we did review. And no, there's a lot of games we love that we haven't done reviews of because like I owned them long before (laughs) I launched Tabletop Bellhop or we picked up a copy and I didn't have an obligation. So I just never sat down and wrote a review or I haven't played them five times yet. So I feel uncomfortable reviewing them. For me, Dune's in there. Like one of the reasons Dune Imperium is not on my top list is I've only played it three times. I feel like there's more to discover in that game. So here are four games we would love to sit down and play more of together. And I don't know if you want to swap off one and two. I didn't color code these. So are we going to start with Lost Ruins of Arnak. We've mentioned it multiple times tonight. It was both on my and Sean's best games we played this year. So it makes sense. But this is definitely the new hotness on this list. This is the the hottest, newest game on the list. And yes, I know it's still not new hotness. But Lost Ruins of Arnak, the I hate saying the deck building worker placement game, the engine building game that uses those because those are not all the game is. There's so much more going on. Lost Ruins of Arnak, fantastic game, have not gotten sick of playing it. Keep thinking about it when I'm not playing, wondering whose turn it is on Board Game Arena right now as I'm talking.
0: So next up is one that we love, but has just not gotten to the table enough because of other obligations and, and needs and, and, and time and mm-hmm. player counts. And it's just, you know, it's a game we love and we love to promote, but that's Gorinto from Grand Gamers Guild. Uh, Thank you, Mark, for introducing us to this game, uh, because not only have we loved it, but we've been able to spread that love to so many others Mm -hmm. um, and and hear back from other people saying, thank you for telling us about this. We love this game, too. Uh, And that's been so fantastic to hear. Uh, And and for that, we should get it down on our table more often.
1: Yeah, we need to play this one more. And I will say we've got something to announce for that one, but I'm not allowed to spill the beans on that. But Garinto is not a dead game in any way, shape or form. All I will say. Up next is Space Base. Uh, It's just so good. Um, We were already fans of the roll for resources style game with uh, Valeria. Also kind of tried out Machi Koro. There's other games that use this, but... Honestly, I used to always say that I think Valeria is better, but I'm not playing it as much when sitting down to play and going, what do you want to play the night? The game we grab is space Base, not Valeria card kingdoms. So I'm sorry to say Valeria seemed to have been not Jones theory and I'm not going to sell my copy of Valeria, (laughs) but know what Valeria is a kind of a pain to set up, especially with all the expansions and picking which cards to use and shuffle space Base, You just throw it out, you shuffle the three decks, you put out your colonies and you go. Um, again, I will recommend you use the light speed variant so that everyone gets whatever it is. I don't remember 18 bucks at the start of the thing and you buy some starter cards. That really does make a big difference to jumpstart the game. It makes it feel more asymmetric because everyone's going to have something different when you go into it. Um, the expansion's fantastic. The command stations, uh, read our review for that one. Not necessary. I would no. say unless you always have six, seven players. If, if you're a regular game group, six, seven players, maybe you want to pick that one up. Or if you really want to sleeve your cards, which I'm now sleeving my cards. So I may hate Space Base by the next time I play it and then spend four hours unsleeving my cards. But yeah, Space Space, fantastic game.
0: Uh so next up is one that we actually kind of debated about. This this one took this we took it took us a while to settle on this one because there are a lot of games we love, but we were trying to settle it down to four. And I actually ended up diverting away from the sci-fi theme that most people associate me with. Yeah. Uh, and uh, going with supers, because we're not talking RPGs here. But, yeah, uh, I don't have any great superhero <laughs> board games, unfortunately. Uh, but uh, going with a take that game, which is not something that anyone associates me with, or really us with in general, but that is unfair. Uh, this is just such a fantastic game at its base. Even just talking about the, very, the base game, it just mm-hmm. works so well gives you this theme park building experience um with with a a lot of variety with the decks you're using and then on top of that you end up with this fantastic uh you know uh, expansion uh system that they've got as well that just gives you so much more content and replayability once you've you know dug in and, and feel like you've maybe overplayed the beat then and learned all the the tricks from the base game there's all those expansions out there to go with and that's unfair
1: yeah one of my favorite parts here is the uh what do they call them oh i can't remember the the rule breaker card so like world oh yes yeah yeah that one of the things i love about that is unfair can be unfair but you can completely remove the take that element in the game like there's rules for this it's not a variant it's not a house rule there's one of those, I can't remember what they're called, yeah. world effect cards. that but just they basically the game built
0: in house rules that players might end up coming up with, but they've yes. built those into the game. And the
1: game's designed around it so it's still balanced. Yeah. That's the impressive part. There's also the shorter game. So if you don't have a lot of time, there's a way to play a shorter version of the game. There's a way to play versus kids. There's even a super quick version for playing with kids where you just quickly build, re- excuse me. Quickly build as much as you can, and it's just the stars that matter. You don't improve it. I love the amount of variability built into the game, the amount of dials you can twist and turn, uh, even with some of the the themes being more difficult to learn than others. And the fact there's a little summary card that tells you how take that each one is and, and how, much, uh, how unfair they are and how much rides are in each one. You want to ride heavy game? Grab the four things with the most things. Game, changer game Changers. There Thank we you. Are. I could, I'm could. i like, world effects, world something. The Game Changer cards in Unfair are one of the most brilliant parts of card design. Like, every game, our knack should have some Game Changer cards to throw in there to make it simple.
0: Yep. All
1: right. So, this leads me to our next big giveaway. We're going to let one of you awesome Bellhop fans win your
0: choice of one of
1: these four
0: amazing games. Since this is a big one, we're going to let it run, the contest run, for three weeks. It will be open to anyone in the continental U.S. or Canada. Sorry, rest of the world, shipping is just agonizing right now. Yeah, sorry about that. Now, to enter,
1: you're going to be able to head over to tabletopbellhop.com, where you'll find a post with a
0: rafflecopter entry form. As a special thank you for joining us here live tonight, we're going to drop a code in the chat that will give you five bonus entries to this contest.
1: Now, again, we're giving away one copy of one of our top four games. The winner will get to pick exactly which of these four games they would prefer to receive.
0: Good luck. Now, I don't know about you, but I think it's probably time to wrap this up and get to the after show for the real party. Sounds good.
1: Remember, we're here to answer your gaming and game night questions. If you got a question for us, head over to the website and click on Ask the Bellhop. Fire an email off to questions at tabletopbellhop.com or hit me up on social media where I can be found everywhere as Tabletop Bellhop One Word.
0: Tonight, since it's our anniversary and due to the fact that we would not be here still hosting this show without their support, we're going to shout out all of our current patreon patrons brian sheehan thanks brian david miller jr thanks david brian kurtz our very first patron thank you for believing in us right from the start
1: and sticking around jeff and
0: sheila seuss i hope parenthood has been treating you well so far kevin reno thanks tech sorry you couldn't hang around all the way through
1: hey we can't let tech win everything Pat and Tori or Kator, thank you for letting me subject you to new games every week. William Fisher, thank you. Danielle and Owen Thomas, thank you both. Sad you couldn't be here tonight. Sean P. Kelly, from one Sean to another, thank you. Andrew Dacey, thank you, Andrew. Brian Van Beek,
0: thank you, Brian. Diane Tuzano, thanks always, Mom. The Misdirected Mark Podcast, our sibling podcast. Thanks for your longtime support. Dukas, thank you. Evil John, thanks, John. Donna, thanks for
1: all of the insightful and thoughtful interaction you provided. Valentine Pache, thank you. Mechanical Muse, thank you, Muse. Matt Lichtenwaller, thank you, Matt. Roger Malash, it's been way too long. We got to sit down to a game together at some point. Thank you, Roger. Zopi, thank you so much. Uh, Thank you again to all of our patrons. Uh, for the rest of you, if you enjoy the content we're putting out week after week, you can become a patron of our show at patreoncom slash In addition to our heartfelt thanks, you also get cool stuff like behind behind the scenes blog posts, copies of our pre production show notes, bonus audio, bonus entries in our
0: giveaways, and more. Now, before we start locking up for the night, I think we have one more t- uh, what one more for our, another quick trivia <laughs> question. And giveaway.
1: That's written in English. I just reread it. <laughs> it's all there. All right. I think Sean's done for the night. So here's one that concerns both of us. First one was about Sean. Second one was about me. Uh, this is about us. So what was the role-playing game that Sean and I played the most together when we were growing up? And remember, if you won before, you can still play, but you can't win.
0: Do, do, do. And and I think you think that's English, but that's really not English. Before we start locking up for the night, I think we have one more time, another quick Trivia.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, I guess not. <laughs> it looked like English to me. It's English to Mo. It's Mo, it's Mo English. Yes, there we go. <laughs> it's Mo English. We gotta decide what to do with our last prize. I never squeezed it into the notes. Ooh. We have what we do have. What prize. was the RPG that we played the most together growing up? Yeah, <laughs> person <It's interesting laughs> that edits Mo English. Oh, we might be keeping this one for oh. ourselves. Unfortunately, we're pretty late at night now, so we it lost is, some of is. our regular. We have lost. This one's too hard. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. We may don't have.
0: Want, want. We may have broken the. Uh,
1: oh, it's terrible! Yeah, you can't Google this one. No, definitely not. Oh, then not when we were kids. I wasn't around when we were kids. Good guess, I guess.
0: No, it's it's I don't think Sean's ever
1: even played White Star. Sorry, sorry, the guy for those listening, the guess was Ah, uh,
0: guess, Pax, there's no reason. Yeah,
1: maybe maybe we'll send two to Pax, even though we (laughs) said the rules were only one person can win. Yeah, to put it in perspective, (laughs) I was born in 75.
0: That is true, and I didn't start role playing until my teens. That's actually a very good guess. It's a good guess, but no, that would have been what most started early, uh. Early did you even ever play Marvel with me? I, once maybe,
1: I think yeah. we did one. Like, I know that's what we told your parents you were playing well, yeah. for a while, <laughs> but
0: it yes. was not what we actually played. Yes. Ladies and gentlemen, the satanic panic was real. Our parents it was were not f- invented by stranger things. Parents Had that were conversation freaked too much. out about the concept of people playing. Uh,
1: no, it's not even a super. Actually, RPG. it's not. It is not no. a superhero RPG. Most definitely not. It's kind of the exact opposite. Yep. Yeah. If any RPG <laughs> told you, I guess I was to say they've been to find Windsor Gaming Resource. Yeah. No. Oh, uh, yeah. But you can Google that one. I don't think That's you true. can Google this one. No, you can't Google this one. So, do we have another question we want to ask to give people? Do you, um, can you think of anything?
0: Oh, geez. Or do we um, just want to
1: end it? We can just end it.
0: Um. Yeah. I don't know. I can't, I can't nothing off the top of my head. Um, there Ron we talks go. tabletop Ron, Talks Tabletop gets it. First time chat
1: good time to speak up boom go yeah ad and d we did play a lot of we did that, play that, a lot of
0: ad and d but but no, by Warhammer then
1: ad and d we were adults by then yeah that was part Fantasy of why role i said play growing up is the uh
0: is the answer
1: thank you for taking part ron talks tabletop expect a dm from deanna and she games in our chat room our awesome moderator and my editor who makes me sound less dumb <laughs> Well, that was the double bell. That means our shift's coming
0: to a close and the real party can get started. Though the doors to the lobby are closed, you can always find us at tabletopbellhop.com all over the web as Tabletop Bellhop, one word, and on your podcatcher of choice under Tabletop Bellhop Gaming Podcast.
1: Thank you to everyone who joined us here live tonight.
0: While that wraps up the time we have for the show tonight, I invite all of you to stick around, grab a drink, and join us for the after party in the penthouse suite. For those of you who can't join us for the Tabletop Bellhop Gaming Podcast, I'm Sean and I'm Mo. Thank you, and game, game on. Find full reviews, show notes, and more at tabletopbellhop.com. Graphic design by Brian Weiss at RPG and Co. Music is Nimbus by Eveningland. The podcast is released under a Creative Commons Attribution license.